Welcome to Promised Land at Home Podcast, where we bring people into an intimate relationship with Jesus Christ and each other. Wherever life has you, we pray that today's sermon both challenges and encourages you. We're so glad you're listening today and hope you enjoy the message. Um, get your Bible and turn with me to the first chapter of John. We have been in this chapter for a while, and we're just diving into the Gospel of John. I... Um, I'm so excited to be on this journey with you. And as Nikki just said, I'm excited about many of you discussing this passage with your small groups this week. And I want to demystify and take a little bit of the anxiety out of the Bible, okay, out of the scriptures and to study it and to read it and to talk about it with other people is really not that hard because God is speaking to you. As I read it today, um, you're going to hear from God yourself. God's going to speak to you. And there's just something special when people gather together, we sing. Wasn't it nice when they brought the music down, we could hear each other singing. That's so special. It's, it's great to read scripture together, to hear the word of God read together or signed and there's just something special about that when people come together and I'm really believing as we dive into this gospel this year we're calling it the year of the beloved the beloved disciple and um, as we dive into the scriptures I want to encourage you to just just take it slow and just let God speak to you as you read these passages and um, I I I've seen and heard many different testimonies of people over the last uh, few weeks, and uh, it's been, been really special. So here we go. This is John chapter 1, verses 35 through 51. The following day, John the Baptist was again standing with two of his disciples. As Jesus walked by, John looked at him and declared, look, there's the Lamb of God. When John's two disciples heard this, they followed Jesus. Let's all say that together. They followed Jesus. Okay, that was your warm-up. Let's do it for real now. They followed Jesus. One more time. They followed Jesus. Yes. And honestly, that is the heart of the message today. Let's keep reading. Verse 38. They, uh, Jesus looked around and saw them following. He, he was just walking along. He's like, what do y'all want? Turns around. He asked them, what do you want? They replied, Rabbi, which means teacher. Where are you staying? Come and see, he said. It was about four o'clock in the afternoon when they went with him to the place where he was staying. And they remained with him the rest of the day. Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, was one of these men who heard what John the Baptist said and then followed Jesus. Andrew went to find his brother Simon and told him, we have found the Messiah, which means Christ. Let me stop there just for a second and say last year, those of you that are with us, uh, were with us last year, you know, we studied a text in Matthew uh, for weeks and weeks and it was about this principle of Peter telling Jesus, you are the Messiah. And when he said that, Jesus says, no one has told you this. This came from our Father in heaven. Well, you come here and we see that Andrew, in fact, did tell him. 
Andrew told him, we found the Messiah. Well, both of those are true. What Jesus is trying to tell Peter is, yes, maybe some people have told you, maybe even your brother told you this, but the revelation of who I am does not come from other people. It comes from God himself. And I just want to share that with everybody in here today, that you may have had a parent tell you, you may have heard me tell you that Jesus was God, but God wants to have an experience with you one-on-one where there's confirmation. Verse 42, then Andrew brought Simon to meet Jesus, looking intently at Simon. Jesus says, your name is Simon, son of John, but you'll be called Cephas, which means Peter. The next day, Jesus decided to go to Galilee. He found Philip and said to him, come follow me. Philip was from Bethsaida, another little village there on the Sea of Galilee, Andrew and Peter's hometown. Philip went to look for Nathanael and told him, we have found the very person Moses and the prophets wrote about. His name is Jesus, the son of Joseph from Nazareth. Nazareth, exclaimed Nathanael, can anything good come from Nazareth? Come and see for yourself, Philip replied. As they approached, Jesus said, and he's talking to Nathanael, about Nathanael. Jesus approached, as he approached, Jesus said, Now, here's a genuine son of Israel, a man of complete integrity. How do you know about me, Nathanael asked. Jesus replied, I could see you under the fig tree before Philip found you. Then Nathanael exclaimed, sorry, Rabbi, you're the son of God, the king of Israel. So Nathanael has his own experience with Jesus and comes to that profession of his faith. Jesus asked him, do you believe this just because I told you I had seen you under the fig tree? You will see greater things than this. Then he said, I tell you the truth, you will see all heaven open and the angels of God going up and down on the Son of Man, the one who is the stairway between heaven and earth. There's so many amazing things in that text and part of it wasn't on the screen because it was a late edition and That's why you need to bring your Bible to church. (laughs) As we started this book in December, we started it in December because the first part of this chapter is Christmas, but it's pre-creation Christmas. It's before the donkeys and all that. It goes before time. It goes when the Word, the Word of God was with God and was God and was before There was a creation. There was this word of God, this power, this force, this light. Another word used to describe the word. It was an entity and a powerful entity that spoke and the worlds were created and um, is this force to be reckoned with. That's the beginning of this chapter. Very ambiguous, sort of powerful entity. But then it says he. And then it says that he, this word, became flesh and dwelt among us. So this baby that we call Jesus, that we celebrate at Christmas, didn't just begin right then. In fact, he began, he was before there was a beginning. And he did enter into our world as a human. So that's the beginning parts of this chapter. And so we see this progression of this force, this I don't know what you want to call it, the word of God, the creator, the light and all this. Then that becomes a human being. It's born in Bethlehem and grows up 
And there's a big section of his life that we don't know about, not in, not in the scriptures, 30 years or so, that we don't really know much about him. And then, right before this text we just read, John the Baptist is the first human being that publicly declares in front of everyone, this man that's been standing beside you the last few days, he's not an ordinary man. Behold, this is the Lamb of God. Behold. Behold is a bold word, right? It is stop and don't miss this. Make sure you get this. This is what looks to be like an ordinary man on the outside. Not really that uh, pronounced figures of superpowers or anything like that. You just think he's an ordinary man, but he's not an ordinary man. Behold, don't miss this. This is the Lamb of God. It's a proclamation. Then... That progress doesn't stop there. The scripture that we read today is the next step where other people, other people are giving an, given an opportunity to respond to Jesus being the Lamb of God. And that is, that's really what I want to present to you today. There's some people in here today that maybe family member brought you, you're not sure why you're here, why'd I get here, whatever. Or maybe you drug yourself here because you need something, you need help of some sort, emotionally, physically, uh, relationship-wise, whatever it may be. I'm glad you're here. Those of you watching online, I'm glad you've logged in, you're watching online today. To hear that the Lamb of God is in the room right now. The Lamb of God is online, wherever you're watching from right now. Lamb of God is there. Lamb of God, what does that mean? What does Lamb of God mean? Why is that a big deal? Well, it was very, very easy for them to understand when he told them because they were very aware of the Lamb. The Lamb was a big deal for them. And Jewish history, thousands of years even before this episode that we read about today, The Israelites were slaves in Egypt, and it was time for them to be delivered into their promised land. And um, Moses and Aaron tells the people to sacrifice a lamb and take the blood of that lamb and apply it to the doorpost of their home. And if they will follow that direction, if they'll put the blood of this lamb on the doorpost of their home... When the death angel came that night to bring judgment upon Egypt, the death angel would pass over their house and no one would die in their home if the, if the death angel saw the blood of the lamb on the doorpost of their house. And so that happened. The Israelites, the families, they sacrificed lambs. They took the blood, they applied it. To the doorposts of their house, the death angel then came that night. There was so much death and so much destruction of the judgment of God on Egypt for being so oppressive and being a part of the dark side. The judgment of God came upon Egypt, but every Israelite home that had the blood of the lamb applied to the doorpost did not suffer the consequences of that death angel, not because they were good or because they were good looking or had a lot of money or they were successful or anything. No, simply because the blood of the lamb was on their doorpost. And so for 
thousands of years up until this day, Jews celebrate Passover because it is a reminder for them of the power of God's protection and provision for us, his kids. The lamb was very important. Lambs are very important to Israelites. Why? Because it was the lamb that took their place and died in their place so that they would not have to die. So the Israelites have an affinity and a love for lambs because they're taking the place. When John the Baptist sees Jesus, he says, this is not just a man, but this is the lamb of God. Meaning that this man, Jesus, is going to die for the world. In the scriptures before that, the very day before that, says, look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. In their generations, you had to do a lamb all the time, a new lamb all the time for your family. Everybody had a lot of sacrifice going on. But when Jesus comes, he is the ultimate lamb of all time. He's the lamb of God. And he died on the cross sacrificially for us. And the blood that Jesus shed or came from Jesus is the blood that redeems you and me. If we apply the blood of Jesus to the doorpost of our soul and our spirit and our life, then we are saved from our sin. Not because of your good works or your good looks or your good bank account or your job or your degree that you have or whatever, but simply because the blood of Jesus is applied to the doorpost of your heart, okay? And it's purely your choice. The Jews did not have to put the blood on their doorpost. They didn't have to do that. You don't have to follow Jesus and apply the blood of Jesus to your life. It's your free will. But I'm telling you, it's a, it's a great thing. It's an awesome thing. And he's here. And the scriptures we read a few weeks ago says he's closer than you even realize. You didn't even know it, but he's right there with you. He's in the room right here. Jesus is here, and some of you are going to have a weight lifted off of you today, not because your situations may have changed, but because Jesus is now applied to your life. The blood of Jesus is enough for anything that we go through. And uh, just a little bit of, of information for those of you that have, that have been around this story and a part of this story, living it right now, you may not realize this, but all the lambs of the Old Testament that were sacrificed were simply holding a place. They were simply pushing that consequence forward. It really did save those people and take the sin. It was a substitute for those people, but that, those lambs were not a lot enough. They were just holding that marker until Jesus came. And Jesus, so when Jesus died on the cross, was buried, and rose from the dead, the salvation of Jesus goes shoo, both sides of the timeline of the world. Goes all the way back to Adam and Eve and saves them and goes all the way to 2024 and saves all of us. That's something you gotta behold, right? Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of Texas State 
How many know there's a lot of sin at Texas State? Right? Where do you work? There's a lot of sin there. Where's your house? There's a lot of sin there. Jesus takes away and pays the price for that sin. I just want to give you that good news today. You don't have to leave here the same way you came. And this scripture really illustrates that progression, making that shift. I want us to go to Acts, the 19th chapter. We're going about 20 to 25 years in the future, okay? So Jesus is baptized by John the Baptist. That's where we just read that episode there. The next couple days and that whole, that little space of time, 20 to 25 years later. And at that time, it was a long, long journey from this area where they were around Jericho all the way to Ephesus, which is in western Turkey. I mean, even if we were to go today, if you were to drive a car today from Jericho to Ephesus, it would take you probably several weeks just because you're going through about three or four countries that are filled with, um, you know, terrible terrorism and all kind of awful things, and you may not even make it. You could take a boat across the Mediterranean over there, but it's going to take a long time. So in this day and time, it was weeks and weeks and weeks to get a long, far-off place in 20 years in the future. Here we go. While Apollos was in Corinth, Paul traveled through the interior regions until he reached Ephesus on the coast where he found several believers Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed, he asked them. No, they replied, we haven't even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. Then what baptism did you experience, he asked. They replied, the baptism of John. Paul said, John's baptism, John the Baptist, John the Baptist's baptism called for repentance from sin But John himself told the people to believe in the one who would come later, meaning Jesus. As soon as they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then when Paul laid his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them, and they spoke in other tongues and prophesied, and there was about 12 men in all. Okay, beautiful little episode here that comes in the future. I'm reading it to you for a for one main reason, and that is just to show you the influence of John the Baptist, okay? John the Baptist, we read about him a few times in the Gospels, and it's, I mean, it's so inspirational, but I don't think we understand his influence and how powerful and broad, you know, how abroad it went. Um, the fact that they are 20 years later still baptizing in John's baptism, okay? That tells you a lot, and You know, I mean, John the Baptist was a massive, massive figure. They thought he was Elijah. They thought he was a prophet. They thought he was the Messiah. That's how big of a following he had. And then it was such a big following that 20 years later, people are still following him. And um, they obviously have this, you know, good news for them. Hey, that was, that's good. John's baptism is good. But he was just leading up to the best, the perfect Jesus. And uh, so they are baptized into Christ. And then he lays hands on them and they're filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. This, This scripture tells us several things. That there's a subsequent 
experience of a baptism of the Holy Spirit after we believe. Sometimes it can happen in that same moment, but it is a significant experience that is beneficial. Now, there may be people in here, you're like, what? Holy Spirit? I've heard of that. I don't really know what it means. You're in the right place. In fact, in February, we're going to have a weekend. We're calling it Holy Spirit Sessions, where we're going to, on Friday night, be teaching about the power of the Holy Spirit, and then Saturday morning, we're going to have a worship service here uh, where we're just welcoming spirit baptism to any and all that come. And so I want to encourage you to come. We've been filled with the Holy Spirit. Come on. If you're hungry for the Holy Spirit, come on. If you're just like, what is he talking about? Come on. Come and see. Come and see. Uh, There's free of charge, but we ask you to register on Realm um, just so we can provide the child care and stuff like that. But we want you to get here for that. You can go to our website and get more information as well. And then the next day, that Sunday, February the 18th, we're having water baptism here. So you get spirit baptism, water baptized all in the same weekend right here at Promised Land. Um, and uh, it's in the morning services, 8.30, 10, 11.30. We'll be baptizing. Some of you may not know what this dark hole is over here in the wall. That's our baptistry. And it's ready to go. Um, we'll be baptizing folks, so, we, so please, if you're interested in that, be ready for that. We'll give you more information as the weeks progress, but I just want to make sure you know we're ready to be an Acts-like church, okay, Acts 19. Have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? No, well, let's do it right now, come on, right? The Holy Spirit is for us. But the main reason I read that text is because I want you to see the influence of John the Baptist. He's so influential. Like if Instagram was happening back then, he'd have several million followers, okay, on Instagram. He 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 would be on TV. He would you know, you'd hear about him. He'd have books out. You know, like whatever context you have for influence, influential, that was him. And this is the point that I'm trying to make in verse 37. It says, when John's two disciples, John had disciples himself, when John's two disciples heard that Jesus was the Lamb of God, they followed Jesus. And what that means is, when they followed Jesus, they had to leave John the Baptist. They they had to leave something to follow something. And... John the Baptist was not a bad guy. John the Baptist was amazing. John the Baptist got martyred for his faith. He he was decapitated by by Herod because of his message and unedited message about God and Herod. But Jesus was so significant that these two men decided to leave something good for something perfect. They left John the Baptist for Jesus. And I just want you to think about your life right now and what you are following after yourself right now. We're all following after someone, something. Some, um, I had this, I had this um, illustration in my mind of, it's been so many years, but... When I was a teenager in college, we used to go to Haunted House every Halloween, right? Anybody go to Haunted House? Come on. Church, confess. Go ahead. 
And if you're that last person in the line, like, okay, your group of six is coming through, and then somehow you got stuck on the back end of that thing or the front, you know that just clinging, that holding on feeling of like, ah. That's how some of y'all are going through life right now. You're holding on to something. You're, you're, you're attached yourself like the only way I'm going to get through this is by holding on to maybe it's a person. Maybe it's a marriage. Maybe it's your degree or your money or your family life or your, you being a good parent. Um, there's a lot of good things out there that we cling to to get through what we're going through and what is presented to us here in John's gospel is the letting go of whatever might be good and been sort of enough for what you've been going through to let go of that in order to follow Jesus. And, you know, at the beginning of the year, I feel like this is such a good good exercise for all of us to really look into our life and say, what is it that I am following right now? Is, this, is there something that maybe I'm following that's good, but it's never going to be enough? I read that other, you know, the, the second half is when Nathaniel comes into the picture and Jesus says something very interesting about Nathaniel, you, you know, you, you'd think in the scriptures, it'd be like, Jesus is coming to save all these crooks, and he does save murderers, and he saves robbers, and, you know, tax collectors, and all these things. But he comes up to Nathaniel, and he doesn't say, you dirty dog, you know, or you sinner. That's not what he says. Jesus says, now here is a genuine son of Israel, a man of complete integrity, and, man, here come the creepers out. I'm just getting warmed up, man. No, come on, help me. Nathaniel, in his integrity and his good behavior, was not enough and Nathaniel had to let go of his identity of being a good person and follow Jesus himself. And, you know, I'm speaking to all kinds of people here today, especially online audience, so many different types of people. And some of you have come in here hurt and wounded, and you know that there, there needs to be some sort of change in your life and I'm so thankful that you're here. This is a welcoming place for you. We, we're thankful that you're here. And, and, and Jesus is for you. Following Jesus is the answer for you. But there's other people in here that have come in. And your life is going pretty good. And you've been a good person. And, and maybe you've got a good 401k. And you've got some investment properties. And, you're, and, and, and there's nothing really you know, marking you as a bad person. You know, you, you help old ladies across the street, you know, and whatever. Let people in traffic and all that. You're the Nathaniel here, okay? And even your good integrity is not 
enough to follow. Even Nathaniel has to leave that for Jesus. Sometimes when we leave to follow Jesus, we're not getting a divorce or quitting our job because sometimes following Jesus, he, he wants you to stay in those things. You know, he's he, he just going to help you in the things that you're in. But it is the perception of what those things are supposed to do for you, the, the role that they're supposed to feel and the following and the pursuit. Some of us in here have been around long enough to know that those pursuits are just never enough. And there's this insatiable need that only the Lamb of God can provide for you. And so you might be leaving something good that might even bring you comfort. There's this, at the very beginning of that text, um, when Jesus felt that Andrew and this other disciple was following him, and he turns back and says, what do y'all want? What do they say? We want to know where you're going. We want to know where you're staying. And Jesus' response to them was, come find out. Jesus always leaving the mystery in there. We don't like that. We don't want the mystery. We want Jesus to be like, okay, we're going to go to this address. We're going to stay there for three weeks. Then you're going to have this job. Then you're going to, you know, this is this is the situation is going to work out like that's not the way Jesus operates. Jesus says, "Follow me, come and see." Follow me, come and see. And I guarantee you, when they went, it says that they went. It was four o'clock in the afternoon. They went to the place where he was staying, and they they remained with him the rest of the day. If we go forward in the story. They didn't just remain with him that day. They remained with Jesus for another three and a half years in person. And then Andrew and the rest of the disciples built the church that we now are a part of right now. So they followed Jesus, kept following Jesus. Even after Jesus was not physically with them, they kept following Jesus. Why? Why did they follow Jesus? I'm here to tell you it was not because of where he was staying. When, when, they, when he said, come see, come see where I'm staying. Okay. Man, five-star hotel, all-inclusive, come on. No. They didn't stay with Jesus because of the circumstances around. They stayed with Jesus because of Jesus and how awesome he is. And I want to present that to you today, that to follow Jesus doesn't mean that everything in your life is going to be easy or comfortable you might be letting go of that in some regard to hang on to Jesus and follow Jesus. And that's okay. Because what you're hanging on to is eternal. And what you're hanging on to in Jesus is going to be more fulfilling than any of the good things that you've let go of. And what you're holding on to is salvation. You're holding on to your salvation in Jesus. You're, you're holding on to your forgiveness in Jesus and so there is a shift I feel like today's message is really about this shift that happens when we as human beings make that choice to say I'm leaving something good to follow something perfect and Jesus is the only thing he's the only one 
who fits that role. Would you stand with me right now? I want us to go to God in prayer, but I want to read this scripture in Matthew eleven twenty eight. 28. Jesus has a message for you. Come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens. I'm going to give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you because I'm humble and gentle at heart. And you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear and the burden I give you is light. Would you bow your heads with me right now and let's pray. Let's just pray to God right now. Would you join with me? Heavenly Father, we pray a prayer of surrender right now to you. We pray a prayer of forgiveness. Heavenly Father, we surrender our life to you right now. We humble ourselves before you. Please forgive me of my sin. Please forgive me for the things I didn't even know I was doing wrong. Lord, I want to follow you. Come on, if you're ready for that, tell him right now. Tell him right now. Even though you don't know the details, even though you don't know what that looks like, Jesus is telling you right now, come and see. Come and see. You will see. You will see. In time. Jesus, we humble our, ourselves to you right now. You are, we're making this proclamation of our faith. You are our Savior, Jesus. Would you just say that in your own voice, in your own words? I am with you, Jesus. I Surrender my life to you, Jesus. There's nothing and no one like you, Jesus. Please forgive me, Jesus. I follow you from this day forward. Wherever you go, I'll go. Your people are my people. Your God is my God. I follow after you, Jesus. We pray in your wonderful name. Amen. Thank you for joining us today. Don't forget we want to connect with you. You can find us on Facebook and YouTube by searching Promised Land San Marcos, on Instagram at PSM Church, or on our website, psmchurch.com. Thanks again for listening to the Promised Land.